Good morning and welcome to our Saturday edition of the Daily Word and Prayer. This is Saturday morning, April 3rd. What a great day it is. I hope you're having a great Holy Week, great Resurrection Week. Our church had some wonderful um, events yesterday to remember the Good Friday, the death of Christ. Very meaningful time. And uh, I hope you've had a wonderful weekend as well. Well, this is Saturday, the day in Holy Week. We've been talking about the week that changed the world. And this is the day in between the crucifixion of Christ and the resurrection. I thought I'd speak a little bit today about the resurrection. Is it true? Did it really happen? Is it just a good story? Or did it happen? If it didn't happen... Well, then it's just something to keep us happy and inspired and feeling good when times are difficult. If it did happen, if it really happened, the resurrection, if Jesus really was dead and really rose from the dead and is alive, that changes all of history, all of history. I remember the first time I ever realized that. I was probably in high school. I was driving down to our church, and I was on the road, and it struck me. It just hit me. He really is alive. I had to pull over the car. I had to pull over and just stop and think about it. It was not safe for me to keep driving. It affected me so deeply. He is alive. He is alive. So what's my case for this? When I preach on campus, this is one of the major points I make. People ask me, Tom, what makes your religion any better than anybody else's, any other religion? And I said, well, you know, for starters, our guy rose from the dead. Nobody else did. Muhammad, Buddha, Krishna, Moses, Abraham, none of the great religious leaders rose from the dead. Only Jesus made this claim. This is the ultimate credibility. If he rose from the dead, you might agree with what he said. You might not agree. You might think some of the things he said made sense. You might not agree with everything he said, but he's got the credibility. He's got the stamp of approval. You'd better agree. You'd better get in line with him because the proof's in the pudding. If he rose from the dead, God, God Almighty, has put his stamp of credibility and approval upon the life and the message of Jesus Christ. You'd better line up with it. So how do we know? You know, I I start by just making a simple point. Yesterday we remembered the death of Christ. Well, the death of Christ was crucifixion. Crucifixion was cruel. Crucifixion was not just putting someone to death. Like in our day, if we're going to execute someone, we give him, you know, a, a drug that puts him to sleep and he calmly, peacefully uh, never wakes up. But in the days of Jesus, crucifixion was cruel. It was public. Jesus was most likely crucified at the skull, the place called Golgotha, was most likely on a very public road leading from Jerusalem to Damascus. People coming in for Passover would have passed right by him. They would have seen him. It's not up on a hill far away. It would have been basically eye level on a very popular road. Crucifixion was designed to send a statement. It was designed to humiliate. It was designed by the Romans to say, you don't want to be like this guy. You don't want to follow him. This is a public spectacle. If you follow him... We're going to do the same to you. It was designed to humiliate. It was designed to make a statement. And somehow Jesus went from dying that way by crucifixion, by the Romans making a statement to humiliate him, 
when his own disciples had fled in fear and were hiding, and no one wanted anything to do with them. And he went from that to suddenly, it wasn't very many weeks later, they're publicly proclaiming in the streets, raising their voice and preaching that he's alive, enduring persecution, they're doing all these things. What happened in between? And today, he's, he is, there's undoubtedly, the most popular person in the entire world, the most well-known, famous person, I should say, in the entire world. People, people tell me sometimes, there were a lot of Messiahs, a lot of people claimed him the, the Messiah back in, in that time with the Roman occupation of, uh, of, of Israel, the, of the Promised Land. There are a lot of people saying they're Messiah. And I say, yeah, maybe so, but can you name me one? Can you tell me any? Of course not. Everybody knows the name Jesus. He is the most famous person in the entire world. Something happened. Something happened between that crucifixion and today to turn him from being a humiliated criminal that was a statement death, don't be like this guy, to now today having more people believe in him. And more people would say they believe in him and follow him than any other figure in all the history of the world. What happened? Well, I claim what happened is he rose from the dead. He conquered death. He beat our ultimate enemy. So, again, is it just a good story or is it more than that? It's interesting. When, when Peter and James were preaching in Acts chapter 3, verse 15, they refer to it this way. They say, but you disowned the holy and righteous one and asked for a murder to be granted to you, but put to death the prince of life, the one whom God raised from the dead, a fact a fact to which we are witnesses. Notice that in Acts 3.15, they did not refer to this as, well, I think he rose, or I hope he rose, or he might have risen. He declared this is a fact that Jesus has risen from the dead. Well, how do we know? Is it fact or fiction? Is it hoax or history? I make a simple case when I'm, when I'm preaching on this because I'm going to tell you seven facts that are indisputable. You might want to write these down. Seven facts that are indisputable. That to me, the only answer is the resurrection of Christ. How do we know, by the way, whether something is historically accurate? Why do we, how do we accept something, say in a jury, in a trial? How do we accept something as being true beyond all reasonable doubt? Well, primarily we look for evidence, circumstantial evidence, but the primary thing is we want to have witnesses. If we have eyewitnesses, you know, I... Students will tell me on campus now, eyewitness testimony is, is the least reliable testimony. And I was preaching once in Kansas City, my uh, good friend Kevin Berger, who's a trial attorney, he heard students say this, and he, later that night at dinner, he said, why didn't you push back on that? And I said, oh, I hear that all the time now. The students are always telling me eyewitness testimony is the least reliable. He said, Tom, listen, I'm a trial attorney. If I had, uh, if I had a dozen witnesses say they saw something and I could produce them, the other side would be begging for a plea bargain, begging, uh, let, let, you know, let's, let's settle this outside of court because they would know I would win. Eyewitness testimony works. He said they didn't learn that in their law camp class. Eyewitness testimony, didn't, they, didn't, they might have learned that in their psychology class, but they sure didn't learn it in their law class because eyewitness testimony is powerful. So what is our testimony? What is our example? What do we, why do we believe 
that Jesus rose from the dead. What is the historical case? Here are the seven facts I'm going to give you. Number one, there was a man named Jesus who lived. It's indisputable. No, no, no one would really, no one's going to doubt the seven things I'm going to tell you. Number two, he died. Number three, he was buried. These are facts. Number four, three days later, the body was missing from the tomb. It's a fact. The body is gone. You might, people might argue what happened to it, but there is no disputing the fact he lived, he died, he was buried, and three days later, the body was missing from the tomb. It was gone. Number five, also a fact. Over the next 40 days, on at least 10 different occasions, multiple people, at one point up to 500 people at once, claimed to have seen him with their own eyes. They claimed to talk with him, to interact with him, even to touch him. One guy, Thomas, said, I won't believe this unless I can touch the very, you know, the very hole in his hand and the spear wound in his side. And sure enough, eight days later, after he made that claim, Jesus appeared, came to Thomas, said, see here my hands. And he held him out and, and there was the nail hole and, and touch my side and see. And Thomas became a believer that day. He demanded proof. We call him a doubting Thomas. I'd rather say, since I'm named after him, I'd rather say he, he demanded proof. And once he found it, once he had that evidence, Thomas became a missionary to India. He took the gospel maybe further away from, from Jerusalem than perhaps any of the apostles and was a mighty, mighty man of God who gave his life, martyred in India for his testimony of the risen Christ. In Luke, four, in, in Luke 24, the people were doubting. Did we just, is this a ghost? Is this a vision we're seeing? And he said, touch me. You see, I've got flesh, bones. A, a spirit doesn't have flesh and bones. Do you get anything to eat? I'll eat something. Jesus presented himself alive, and there were people, there were people, shall we just say, claimed this is what they said. We've seen him. We talked with him. We touched him. We asked him questions. He interacted. He ate. On at least 10 occasions, multiple people, in one case, hundreds of people, made the claim. Number six, these people, for making that claim, they suffered tremendously. They were, shall we say, you know, any claim needs to be cross-examined. And their cross-examination was, stop saying this or you're in trouble. Stop saying you've seen him alive or we're going to beat you up. Stop saying you've seen this or we're going to throw you in prison. Stop saying this or we're going to kill you. They suffered tremendously. Almost, uh, to, multiple accounts of people claimed to have seen Jesus alive and, and for doing so suffered dramatically. And that leads to our seventh point. There's not a single case ever recorded, ever known, where someone who claimed to have seen Jesus alive from the dead recanted his testimony because of the suffering he was enduring. Seven points. He lived, he died, he was buried. The tomb was empty. People claimed to have seen him. For claiming it, they've suffered traumatically, and not a single person ever recanted their testimony. This is powerful testimony. This is powerful evidence. 
Again, in a court of law, we would say that if you had multiple witnesses who saw something happen and testified to it and passed the cross-examination, we'd be compelled to say we must believe that is truthful evidence. You say, but it's hard to believe someone rose from the dead. As a matter of fact, I have people say, well, we don't see other people rising from the dead. That's the point. That's what makes Jesus unique. If we saw people rising from the dead all the time, then Jesus wouldn't be unique. He would just be another person. But the fact is, he's done something no one else has ever done. He's unique. He has risen from the dead. And he is alive forevermore. Now, when I say no one else, Jesus raised some other people from the dead. And even the apostles raised, I guess, at least one person from the dead. All of whom died later. But Jesus, as we know, was ascended into heaven and is coming back never to die. He conquered death. He's alive forevermore. My friends, our faith is based on solid truth and solid evidence. Is the resurrection story wonderful? Does it give hope? Does it inspire? Absolutely. But understand something. It's true. It's a true story. It's an account of what happened. It's not just a feel-good story. It's a true story. Yes, it makes us feel good. Yes, it gives us hope. But our hope is based on something solid. In Romans 1.3, it says that Jesus, the Son of God, was declared with power to be the Son of God through the resurrection from the dead. This is what makes our religion different. This is the foundation upon which we would say it's true. People ask me, Tom, could I ever convince you not to be a Christian? I, suppose, I, I say, I suppose if you could show me Christ didn't rise from the dead. But if he rose from the dead, then I'd, I'd say to you, you ought to become a Christian because no one else has ever done it. This is the foundation. We could talk about so many things of, of how Jesus has affected us personally, how he's blessed our life, changed our life, given us hope, given us forgiveness, given us peace, all these things. And all these things are very, very important in your testimony. But the foundation of our faith is the person of Jesus Christ. He really is the Son of God. He really, really did die for our sins. And he really, really did rise from the dead. These are not just stories. These are true facts of history. Believe them, and your life will be benefited. Believe them, and you will begin to enter into and experience the the joy and blessing God has for us. Don't believe him. It's still true. You don't believe it. It's still true. It's just you won't receive the benefits of, of becoming a child of God, being born of the Spirit of God, and being reconciled to our Father. Jesus Christ, the one hope, proven through the resurrection. And so let's thank, let's join together and thank God for such a wonderful thing. Jesus, we just bless you today that you are, in fact, declared with power to be the Son of God through the resurrection from the dead. We thank you, Jesus, that for the, the powerful transformation of the disciples hiding in that upper room, fearful for their lives, and just weeks later out preaching in the public square, calling the very people who'd had Jesus put to death, calling them to repentance, calling them out, reproving them, rebuking them calling them to come to you. We thank you that they became fearless. Why? They had seen the risen Christ. They were now endued with power by the Holy Spirit who had come upon them. Jesus, 
we thank you. Your resurrection, it changes everything. Indeed, we are remembering the week that changed the world more than anything else in history, more than any great scientific breakthrough, medical breakthrough, any breakthrough of the internet, the atom bomb, the penicillin antibiotics. Lord, we think of some of the great discoveries, the great incredible advances of science. None of them, none of them conquered death. None of them overcame the grave. None of them figured out a way to bring a dead person back to life, and they never will. Jesus, you alone have conquered death, our real enemy, and we thank you. And for this, we know that you have given us the ultimate solution, and we thank you today that we have the solution to mankind's deepest problem. Indeed, we are designed to live forever. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you've put eternity in our hearts. You've, you've, thank you, Father, you've, you created us to have eternal life. We realize, Father, we forfeited that in our sin. We forfeited that. But you have, you have given us a way to be born again, to have this eternal life through faith in the one who rose from the dead and conquered death. Jesus, we bless you. Hallelujah. Christ the Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. Thank you. This is more than a story. It's an account of what really happened. Jesus, we thank you for the we thank you that the message of Christ lives to this day. What other what other prophet or or um, alleged Messiah does anyone even know of from that time, that period of time? Nobody. They all rose and had a small following and they're all gone today. Jesus, you remain. We bless you. You're, you're worshipped all over the world. And I thank you that even this weekend, all around the globe, all over the world, perhaps in every country of the world, we'll have brothers and sisters praising you, worshipping you, remembering the resurrection, your victory over sin, over Satan, over death. Thank you we enter into that. Oh, might this be our time, Lord. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. Our salvation, it's in a person. It's not in a philosophy or religion. It's in the person of Jesus Christ. You're our Savior. You're our Lord. We do pray. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. We delight in your first coming. We look forward to your second. Lord, today, fill us with your boldness. Make us bold like those early disciples were. Make us courageous, Lord, in a day when things are changing and people are speaking up against us. Make us bold and courageous. Lord, I think of how fear is contagious, but I know boldness is also contagious. Raise up bold leaders for your church, we pray. Raise them up in every place, in our churches, on our campuses, in our schools, at our workplace, in our community, in our culture, in our movies, Lord, wherever we go. And we pray for this. We bless you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray and give you glory. Hallelujah. Christ the Lord is risen. And we bless you for that. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, folks, thanks for joining me. Thanks for being part of this prayer, daily word and prayer. Help spread the word, okay? Uh, let's tell others because we're, we're trusting God to really use us. I know he is in your life. and He's used it in your life. Tell some others. Pass, pass it on to some others and and maybe today, maybe this weekend, tell one, two, three, four people 
about how much you're enjoying this. We're going to be going into, I believe in the coming weeks, we're going to be going into some important things about how we know our, truth, our faith is true. This year, as I've said, we want to be better Christians. And I sense that there is opposition coming against us deeper than we've experienced in the past. And uh, I'm going to be sharing, we've got to be stronger Christians. We've got to know what we believe and why. And I'm looking forward to, after this, we've been on the week that changed the world. We've been on the seven uh, IMs of Christ. We've looked at First Peter this year. I'm looking forward to going into some of the things in the coming days that I think will help strengthen us knowing our faith is really true. So I'll see you tomorrow morning, Easter. It's probably shorter because we have church that begins at 9, and so I'll probably make it uh, a, a briefer message, but we will rejoice in the resurrection tomorrow. God bless you. I look forward to seeing you then. Have a great day.